In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos, Logan, Ohio, and Luis Garavito. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we check out the shocking slayings that happened in Logan, Ohio, and the murderous crimes of one of Columbia's worst serial killers. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number 1. Logan, Ohio On October 4, 1982, two Logan, Ohio teens were reported missing. They were 18-year-old Annette Johnston and her 19-year-old fiancé, Todd Schultz. A search was launched and on October 14, 10 days after they first went missing, both their torsos were found discarded in the Hawking River, just west of Logan. Two days later, their severed heads and limbs were found buried in a cornfield nearby the river as well. While police investigated the area, they noticed a man lingering around. Kenny Lynn Scott lived just three blocks away from where the bodies were found. He told police he was curious why the cops were in his neighborhood and that he often fished in that river. Soon after the grisly discovery, rumors of a satanic sacrifice circled the community. Tipsters told police that Lynn Scott was seen with a huge cut on his arm following the days the couple went missing. Investigators then gathered hospital records, proving Lynn Scott did indeed have the unusual cut he sought treatment for, but for some reason they never pursued him as a suspect. A witness then came forward after being hypnotized and said he saw Annette Johnston being forced into a car by her stepfather, Dale Johnston. Dale didn't like Annette's fiancé and was angry they were getting married. On the grounds of the hypnotized witness testimony, an anthropologist tested and said a footprint found on the field next to where the bodies were found was that of Dale's. He was arrested and put on trial, and on January 31, 1984, he was charged and sentenced for the murder of Annette and Todd. His punishment was the death penalty. Dale spent six years in prison, it wasn't until 1990 when his case was dismissed on appeal citing the testimony of the hypnotized witness should never have been admissible in court. In addition, because prosecution withheld information of another possible suspect, Dale was released from jail on May 11, 1990. 17 years after that, in 2007, Kenny Lynn Scott's wife told police that Annette and Todd were in their home on the night they disappeared. 
She told them that they left the house with her husband and another man named Chester McKnight. When her husband returned that evening, he was covered in blood with a big cut on his arm. The following year, police reopened the case and charged Lynn Scott and McKnight for the murders. The two confessed and initially told police they met the couple and then invited them to a party. But later on, McKnight confessed that the couple went to Lynn Scott's home to buy beer and weed. McKnight said he was high on cocaine and LSD and persuaded the couple to party with them in the cornfields. His intention from the start was to have sex with Annette. However, when the couple resisted, Lynn Scott gave McKnight a pistol and he shot Todd six times before shooting Annette too. The two men then cut up the bodies with a machete they got from Lynn Scott's garage. At some point, McKnight slipped and ended up accidentally cutting Lynn Scott, resulting in the wound on his arm. They tossed the torsos into the river while leaving the limbs where they lie. McKnight said that Lynn Scott must have then returned to bury the bodies. Lynn Scott was dismissed from the murder charge but pled guilty to misdemeanor abuse of a corpse. He was later released from jail. McKnight, meanwhile, pled guilty and was charged with two life sentences for the murders. As for Dale Johnston, he fought to clear his name and also filed for compensation because of the wrongful conviction. However, to this day, not him or his family have ever received anything for the six years he spent in jail, four of which were on death row. Number 2. Luis Garavito Killing close to 400 victims, Luis Alfredo Garavito from Genova, Colombia is dubbed as one of the worst serial killers the world has ever known. Otherwise known as La Bestia, or The Beast, Garavito is known to have raped, tortured, and murdered children and teenagers between the ages of 6 and 16 years old beginning in 1992. Born in 1957 to a dysfunctional and abusive household, he left home at the age of 16 and supported himself by working odd jobs all around. But apparently, something inside him snapped when he was 35 years old. Because of the Civil War, the number of homeless people, beggars, and orphaned children skyrocketed in the early 90s. Garavito then targeted these specific groups to find his victims. He would often disguise himself as an authority figure or someone trustworthy. He would dress as a priest, a homeless man, a farmer, a drug dealer, and a street vendor, often giving gifts, candy, or offering victims the possibility of a job. Once he had won their trust of the child over, he would then lure them for a walk until they got tired, and that's when he would strike. It was then that he would bound their hands, remove all their clothes, and proceed to rape and torture them. He was absolutely brutal in his crimes. Post-mortem of the victims showed that all of them were raped and tortured. He said that sometimes he kept the boys alive for days, slowly killing them. Three bodies recovered showed signs of broken bones and missing teeth. There were also bite marks, multiple bruises, and severed genitals. All the beatings occurred while the victim was alive. It was only after the rape and torture that he would kill them off. The murder weapon was usually found in the same area as the victim's, and in several instances, he used a dull knife to slit his victim's throats. Afterwards, he would bury the bodies. He was so meticulous and cognizant of where he buried them that after his arrest, he was able to draw a detailed map for the police. Garavito's reign of terror ended in 1998 when two bodies of young children were discovered. The next day, a third child's body was also found in the same area. Although police had already suspected a mass killer was on the loose, they had no way of knowing who it was specifically. 
During the search of the crime scene, police found a note with an address which led them to Garavito's girlfriend. She informed police she hadn't seen him in months but turned over a pack of items he left behind at her house. Cops took the bag and discovered detailed journals of the murders, his tally for the number of victims, various pictures of young boys and bills. These bills led to Garavito's current residence, but the place was empty and they believed he was out traveling. Just days later, however, local police arrested Garavito after he was caught in the act of trying to rape a young man. Cops weren't sure he was the serial killer they were looking for, but speculated that he was. When pressed during interrogation and presented with evidence, Garavito admitted that he was the beast. Colombia's justice system didn't want to rely on just his confession and needed solid, irrefutable evidence. DNA was obtained which definitively linked Garavito to the three child victims. With no way out now, he then confessed to killing 140 children and was charged with 172 murders altogether. He's been found guilty for 138 of these cases while the rest are ongoing. In the end, Luis Garavito was sentenced to 1,853 years and 9 days in prison, but with the Colombian justice system, even the worst offenders can only serve a maximum of 40 years in prison. The country doesn't have a life sentence or the death penalty, and at this rate it's estimated he will be released to the public by 2021 at the age of 64. For now, the brutal killer and rapist is kept incarcerated. He's made an arrangement with police that in return for his cooperation in helping to find the rest of the victims, he's to be kept separately from the general prison population. He fears that the moment he's mixed in with the other prisoners, he will be murdered by another inmate. So they were two of the most shocking and murderous stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We have many new Scary Mysteries videos every single week that we know you'll love. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you soon.